up, kid. All I gotta say is, Portland can't say shit. It's scintillating. It's sensational. It's Seattle Sounders FC soccer. Welcome to Sounders Scuttlebutt. I'm Aaron Lingley. As always, I'm joined by your Alliance Council President, your Guerrilla FC President, the Director of Communications for the Independent Supporters Council, and my BFF, Cameron Collins. How's it going, man? What is up, dude? Uh, Wow, we got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, and I struggled to come up with any scuttlebutt, so hopefully you're creative in that regard because I've just been I just got done watching the highlights again mm. um, we're just coming off a four to one win in Kansas City we defeated we got rid of our Peter herpes you know he's always comes back bites us right um, I hate what a freaking game <laughs> that's exactly what Nick said when you dropped off the left at last episode yeah but um, what what a weekend what a game what a performance record breaking. Um, I have a, I have a daughter, just a a bio one biological daughter, but I do have a son that's not biological Leo Chu. And he, (laughs) he had a phenomenal game with four assists. Uh, The fourth one came a few hours later, I think, or a day later. Um, But he did get that assist that Ladero completed to Jordan Morris, who also got four goals. So yeah, hopefully you got some scuttlebutt for us. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, I think that's where we start, right? It's it's that MLS has secondary assists, and this is something I have been wanting MLS to have for a long time because the Sounders never get them. And before we talk about it, let's bust open your beer there. You reminded me when you said usually the first thing we do, and I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I went with the classic Elysian Space Dust. Yeah, get, yeah, that, I, I get just... that Budweiser beer. Ooh. I love this beer. Anyway, uh, what are you drinking and finish your thought? Speaking of major corporations, I'm drinking Fanta Zero Sugar because it's too late in the day for beer for me. Wanta? Don't you Wanta? Wanta? Fanta? Yeah, I want a Fanta for sure. Is it just us in this corner of the country that say Fanta? No, I think all Americans say Fanta. I don't know why they yeah. would. Europeans say Fanta, Fanta, but everyone else would say Fanta. 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 Okay. Yeah. Just curious. Fanta, Fanta, Wanta, Fanta. Yeah. So, so secondary yeah. assist. Secondary assist. It's something that I've always thought should exist in MLS, which is funny. And I think it's because I I don't know if we've ever gotten one before for the Sounders, because there's definitely been a lot that have deserved it who haven't. Uh, but secondary six is, is a hockey thing where there's two assists. The first person who makes the pass to the second person. I mean, other way around. First person makes the pass. Second person gets it, makes the pass, and the third person scores. So though, if in the MLS, if the first person makes a pass that puts the second person in position to make an assist, they also get an assist because their ball, the assist wouldn't have been possible without their ball 
And so that's how we have Leo Chu becoming the first ever sounder to score four or get four assists in a match to go with Jordan Morris's four goals in a match. I'm fu- I'm in I favor. Feel like I definitely am, uh, obviously, for that obvious reason. But I feel, I guess, stupid because I always thought that that did exist. Did that? When did that start? It's been a while. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know when it started. I know that in 2021, maybe there was a lot of articles because the guy that won was the assists leader and that MLS was only the assist leader because of secondary assists. Otherwise, he would have been second in assists. And so some guy felt that another person who played for his team probably should have been the MVP or something. Um, Okay, so I'm not crazy. It's not like it's just it's 2023, but. No, this is the thing that you don't think we've had many of them. Yeah, because I've never ever heard of a Sounders player get get a a secondary assist uh, ever. And you know, maybe it's because I'm not paying as close attention when I'm not doing a podcast. But yeah, 2021, some Forbes guy, Ian Quillen, wrote an article. It's time for Major League Soccer to scrap assists. So I don't know when they started, but I am very much in favor of secondary assists when they are the reason. Like. Without that pass from Leo Chu, there's no ability for the cross from uh, from from Ladero. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I'm and I'm just happy that he got four. Obviously, to go with Jordan's four, um, I'd be happy if anyone got four. If the team got four, but I just especially him and how much we've been rooting for him. So, okay, so what? Uh, so the idea mean? the idea came out of a technical paper. Uh, and during the 1986 World Cup in Mexico, after Colombia couldn't put the money together to finance it, uh, when they started talking about secondary assists, I guess. And then uh, 1986. Sure. And they didn't even start recording assists officially until the 1994 World Cup. Uh, oh, they didn't start recording assists in general? Yeah. 1994 oh, World crazy. Cup, they started recording them. So... Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's like sax. Yeah. That was, like, that was the 80s. It's still crazy to think that they weren't giving assists. But yeah, so, I mean, that yeah, just like an NFL with sax. It's, it's pretty, I pretty never wild. Even, I would have just thought that's always been a thing. Yeah. No, it's, it's very strange. 1994. Yeah. I'm older than assists. <laughs> yeah, in, in, the, in the international soccer, at least. So uh, pretty, pretty wild. So, of, of course, secondary assists are after that. But uh, I cannot figure out when. I haven't figured it out. But let's move on from there and talk about Team of the Week. We have two Sounders on there, Jordan Morris and Leo Chu. Surprise, surprise. Uh, There's a bunch of other players, uh, most notably Zhao Klaus from uh, St. Louis City, which is in first place because, wow, they are undefeated. It's, It's pretty shocking. Yeah, and hopefully they stay undefeated for one more week. I wanna, I wanna take down an undefeated. <laughs> you love, team. you Be love. Like, this. No, we are the best new team ever. Yeah, last time you wanted this, we went to Cincinnati and they beat us, didn't they? Or no, that was the LAFC tie. Huh. The other big thing, the other big news that we have coming in is uh, they're basically, and uh, this, you know, it's not finalized. Obviously, you got to understand the uh, where the articles are coming from. Uh, the Express from the UK 
uh, is saying that Lionel Messi could sign for an MLS club when his Paris Saint-Germain deal expires. And the uh, Indian Express, which is probably owned by the same people, say that all 29 clubs are gearing up to pay for Lionel Messi's move to the U.S. and let him choose which team he wants to play for. Of course, we're just going to be like fish to fish food. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. So you're uh, saying there's a chance that Lionel Messi could play for your Seattle Sounders. I mean, it would be awesome if he was in MLS just for our own selfish reasons. I don't think it's that selfish to want to see Messi live, but to have Messi at Lumen, if he wasn't, even if he was against us, like with, I, I bet he goes to Miami. I mean, yeah, that's that's where the deal was supposedly already done, but uh, oh, really? they got rid of allocation order, so no longer well, that, and that only applies what? to Americans coming back, I think, anyways. But yeah, oh yeah, the MLS scrapped allocation order a few weeks back. Eh, well, didn't matter to us when we got tipsy, <laughs> and we're always at the end of it, anyways. But we um, just got to take them, invite them over for dinner. That's all you got to do. And the allocation order is ignored. But okay, that's. News that's not really news, I guess. They scrapped it and didn't tell anybody. Uh, I mean, yeah. So 20, I'm, sure told. I'm sure we all know. January 20th, 2023, they updated it. So technically it kind of still exists, but um, I'm trying to pull up the actual document from the MLS, but I don't see it. That's really interesting that they have like a, a sign-in sheet on it. Uh, Weird. So the last the last order that existed was January or June seventh, twenty twenty two, and we were at sixteenth. So that means um, any U.S. men's national team players, elite U.S. national youth national team players, or players transferred outside of MLS who get, who the fee was more than five hundred thousand and then are coming back, we would be on that list. So there are there's been quite a few: Brendan Aronson, Tyler Adams, Miguel Almiron. Uh, with some of George Bello, uh, Daryl DK, uh, yeah, Kyle Laren. I know people I know like one. that. Oh, okay, I know two players. Miguel Amaron's back. Um, no, this was like when they when they came in. If they were to come in back again. Oh, okay. Uh, Rick- eligible. Yeah, Ricardo Pepe, Christian Polisic, Tim Ream, Josh Sargent. So yeah, there's a there's a big a big list that if they were to decide to come to MLS, that's how it would go. When's um, Messi's contract up this after after the season? I think so. I think he signed. If I'm not mistaken, he signed a one year deal deal after the MLS Cup. I just don't know why he would come here when he can get paid a thousand times as much to go play. Uh, you know, in in like uh, where's where's uh, Cristiano Ronaldo playing? Saudi Arabia I lost track like after. That. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, I knew it was somewhere that I don't ever consider watching. Just because yeah, I don't have a lot of time anyway. But yeah, so it went Man U to where? Oh, he's in like Saudi Arabia somewhere. Yeah. Oh, I thought you looked it up. Well, no big deal. Okay, yeah, no, he Messi would make a crap ton. I mean, but he already has all the money in the world. And, and that's the thing, like with athletes, it's like they usually get – this is an assumption. More money from sponsorships when you're that big. Like you make your 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 salary is probably 
the least amount of money you make out of a, a calendar year, right? Jordan. Yeah, you, I mean, you would probably make more. LeBron. If, oh, you meant Michael <laughs> like, Jordan. I thought you were like Jordan. Jordan Morris. Yeah, I was like, what do you mean? I don't. I think he makes the most. I don't no, think he has a lot. I think of he makes more than his sponsorships. I'm sure. Yeah, no, but I mean, Messi is arguably greatest of all. Yeah, money. I mean, Shohei so Otani. The other ones in the other sports, they make far less money playing the sport that they are in versus what they make outside of it. So I don't think really that would be a factor if you could do whatever the hell you want then why not go to miami and well for Benito amiami first off shohei otani makes the most uh money in major league baseball and uh in in like by far because of his endorsement deals um yeah. his are the highest by far so uh and and because baseball's terrible at it but um no that i mean that's the whole point is even uh, ESPN.com is saying that all all the teams may be having to pay his salary uh, to make him come here to meet his demands. So uh, if 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 the oh. league wants him in the <laughs> league to be a superstar, they're gonna ha- like every team's gonna have to chip in to give somebody else the right to to have him play, which uh, I'm against. That's like Formula One. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The dilution payment that it's like everyone has to. Or am I thinking backwards? No, the team that's coming in has to pay. Complete opposite. Right, no, I mean, that, Formula One. <laughs> every sport has that, you know what I mean? Like, in basketball, when the Sonics come back, yeah. you're going to have to pay it. This is this is every team paying to give another player, another team a player, you know? And, and I think the idea is it raises the level of MLS and it'll make people around the world want to buy the product. But I feel like that should come out of the league then and not the other teams. Come on now. Mm-hmm. I don't think, yeah, I think the league is actually... I think in the long run, this MLS season pass will, um, in hindsight, be a, an obvious, a good decision. Um, that's, a, that's an interesting I question. I think they'll, they'll fix, I'll fix, I'll think they'll fix the, we didn't even have this lined up, but we're kind of transitioning to it anyway. But at the, the future of the league, I don't think they'll need Messi because I like the trajectory that the MLS is on right now. I think the quality is definitely getting up there. I think they make mistakes. But I think they take one step back and two steps forward. I think that's I think that's the frustration. I mean, if you look at other leagues too, I mean, just how they're not run perfectly unless they're like Germany, who's just they're German. From the very from, efficient. From the perspective <laughs> but, of like the direction of MLS going, the only people that don't like it are people who are invested in MLS 1.0. You know, the Chicago Fire fans, people like that, who are believe that the league needs to be small peanuts. It's only about supporter supporter culture and nothing else. Um, and don't, don't believe that supporters can have the same influence in a larger league. Now it's harder under Garber because he's an NFL guy. I was going to say, then don't hire an NFL exec. Right. I mean, I'm I mean sure they've been unhappy with him the whole time if that's their mindset, but yeah. I mean, I'm unhappy with him. He's a terrible executive, but uh, for a fan, but I mean, the league is growing in such a way that it's going to be one of the top. Oh, I don't know, fourth, fourth team in tier, maybe the, not tier, but fourth team, fourth league in the league. world. Yeah. After you know, oh, you Premier League, Spain, uh, Germany. I think it could move up to fourth, long term. Above above Italy and Brazil. Italy's been trash for a long time. Uh, because of you know all the cheating scandals and and just and 
There's it's two teams. I it's I don't like I think leagues where there's two teams on top, it's a problem anyways. Uh I don't you know, and so Spain has fallen into that. Um and I don't I mean US draws as many people as Brazil. Um I think are I think if given the same uh, amount of money, our teams could beat them. I just think they don't because a it takes way more money to make a an American team than it is a Brazilian team because player development costs four times as much in the United States than other countries, and then also you you just um, don't have the culture yet of people choosing soccer over other sports. I think it's coming. I think mm-hmm. uh, people that are like twenty four and under soccer MLS and soccer are like the number one thing they watch. Yeah, and I think the choice to not have your children play tackle football in the last decade has opened up the availability for them to play soccer and watch soccer. And and then obviously it's just more popular and easier to watch now than it was 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago and, and further. Right. But like tackle football and baseball were like, that's what you play when I was growing up in like the nineties. Yeah. And, and and basketball too, but like, yeah, I I didn't ever consider soccer. And I that's everything. that's crazy. That shows because you weren't from Seattle; you were in the suburbs. Because everyone I knew growing up in Seattle, I was in Magnolia. Oh, that's weird. Then and the, I don't know. And a, in I don't know a single person that played football who grew up in Seattle. Everyone else played soccer, basketball, and baseball. Oh, really? Those are the three sports you played. Pee wee football. Uh, Pee wee football didn't exist in Seattle proper. I played for the Ballard Knights. Yeah, I don't know. We didn't have it. I guess that's not Seattle. Seattle proper, right? It's Ballard. Ballard, where you weren't even annexed until 1910. I don't know. <laughs> it was a dead horse. Yeah, that's interesting. The, You're the first water. person I've ever met who grew up in Seattle that actually played football. We All of us played soccer that I know, all my friends. Really? Okay. Yeah. Weird. No one huh. played football until high school. Well. You said something that I kind of want to ask you, and it's a good way to lead out of our scuttlebutt into the the topic that we should really be talking about. But you said that there's a lot of MLS teams that you think that could beat, what, Brazil, right? Some Brazil teams? Yeah. So, so Sounders are in, and I do this when I play FIFA manager mode. I will substitute the MLS into the bottom uh, league of England and just kind of see what rises to the top. And of course I'm the Sounders and I'm smarter than the computer. That's interesting like because you you're way, that's way, I mean, I used to do that, but now it's like MLS teams are like just equivalent with most championship teams. Well, and to be fair, I haven't purchased FIFA in the last two cycles. Okay. So generally, I mean, but yeah, no, I still like to see most of them do end up in championship anyway, like the top half of the league, but I I still like to see, you know, who doesn't or whatever. Anyway, long story short, um, or long question short, Sounders are in the Premier League. Who, where do they finish? And like, like where, where do you think they would, what teams would they beat and would they, would they hit their wall? Oh, I think they would get relegated at this point, but that's because we don't have the roster depth or and our salary cap. If we were actually able to compete and had the money, yeah, I think we're, I think we're a top. I said Premier League, didn't I? I meant just that oh, in the FA. Well, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're given the actual an owner that can give money to compete in in the Premier League, I think we're Tottenham. We're that that 
team that always thinks that we're going to be at the top and then we just aren't quite good enough, which um, I think is... I was going to say Jackson loves you for that answer. And then he's probably like, oh, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, that's where the Sounders are, right? The Sounders are like yeah. Tottenham in that we cannot miss. On a DP, we have to hit. We're not... This is what Garth said for years and people get mad at him and they'd be like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, it's because ownership isn't giving us money to buy big name players. We're not going to outspend LAFC or LA Galaxy. We're not going to outspend Atlanta. We're not going to outspend New York City FC and maybe New York Red Bull. We're just not. We're not going to outspend Chelsea. We're not going to outspend Liverpool. We're not going to outspend Man United or Man City. So that leaves us at fifth or sixth. I mean, honestly, that's that's where we would end up consistently. Maybe a year here or a year there where we make a run. But I think that's what we're going to have now. Like, we are potentially, depending on what St. Louis City does, and I think we could uh, pull them apart, we're potentially, this This could be the best, like last year, this could be the best MLS team ever if they play well together and don't mm-hmm. fall apart. But I also think that we have a very short window here because a lot of our stars are about to retire and it's going to need to have on the on the job rebuild. You know, we're going to have to be rebuilding mm-hmm. as we let players go, which means we're going to have to be bringing in some really impact players that don't cost as much, but make as big of an impact. I think NFL, when you can sign a Russell Wilson for $300,000 and go to the Super Bowl because you have other money to spend elsewhere. We're going to need some players like that. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe this last week against Kansas City was uh, a good example of us either moving that direction. I would say moving. We've already, that's how we've been built, like you were saying, but that the the fruits of our our labor are are bearing that sounded stupid we're the fr- the seeds what, what's the saying the, the fruits of our labor they're bearing fruit the yeah. fruits of our labor yeah. am i mixing two different phrases up i mean you're taking the all fruits the work of our... we've done to build this roster yeah. was needed for this game and it worked That's what yeah. and say. now we're and saying I the fruits totally of our labor obliterated that yeah, okay. I, I mean, potentially, I think that's true. Uh, I think last year was probably our year, though, is the sad part. Last year, uh, we were, it seemed like we were the, the team of destiny. Uh, but maybe maybe an older Leo Chu that forces Brian Schmetzer to have to think outside the box and get him in the game instead of sitting on the bench because he doesn't like him. Um, maybe something's different now. We have young players stepping up. Should we talk about all those young players stepping up and Jordan Morris now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, Cameron, where do you want to start with this one? Sounders win 4-1, 4 assists to Leo Chu, 4 goals to Jordan Morris. Yeah, it's... um. It's tough, right? Because four goals is amazing, but I feel like there was such a platter that we got to talk about Leo Chu because, wow, what a difference it is from what we were seeing last year where he couldn't even get on the field to this year that he he gets on the field and immediately takes that chance and, and just changes the game in a way that's unbelievable. We were being down one nothing in the sixth minute. I was like, here we go again. One nothing in the the fifth sixth minute in Kansas City against Kansas City and pre and Peter Vermees. Yeah, like I, I watched the match with 
Nikita Banana, Nicholas Biella, um, friend of the show on the show a lot, and he's listening right now. And we, I brought my daughter over. And he had his daughter. Um, his friend Steve came over with his son, and we watched the match. And when that goal went in, and I'm sure you'd be lying, uh, fans of the Sounders, if you weren't like, yeah, exactly what you said. Here we go again. But yeah, Leo Chu was a difference maker. Yeah, it's it's it was awesome. I mean, I obviously did not see it live because the Seattle Superhawks were playing at uh, whoop, whoop. Salem, and we won by I think we won by forty four points. We were a three away by winning by fifty, and then uh, missed our shot, and then they hit a three at the as the time expired. That's like four so. one in soccer. Yeah, no, it's more like eight one in soccer. That was it was insane. And so I was just getting texts about the game while it was happening and then had to go back and watch the highlights later. But uh I yeah, when that goal went in, I was like, Great, here we go again. And uh I just was excited that what you and Nicholas had talked about with Jordan Morris starting at the top, which I did not think he would do. Didn't think coach would do that because we've had that opportunity time and time again over the last few years and he has not done it. Uh, shows why you should have. Like, wow, that was awesome. Yeah, we we got the two parts that were a difference in the game, correct? Um, uh, our other predictions of of double air and uh, who else did we say moving Christian to right wing? That that was incorrect. But Atencio was in at center at center defensive mid with JP and. Christian went to right back, which by the way, he did kind of get, get worked on that goal. Um, totally got, I wouldn't say juked out of his shoes, but he was left flat footed. Um, and Steph should have probably parried that out. But um, yeah, no, uh, we were both like, that's, we looked at each other immediately after that first goal, that assist from the left swing, that pinpoint and, and Zussi was given a little bit of making it a little bit difficult, but the, the interplay between Ladero and, and Leo Chu on the left side, bing, bing, one, one, two. And he just struck that so beautifully. And, and Jordan Morris, I feel like last year, Jordan Morris skies that or it gets, or it gets blocked. He probably passes it last year. Jordan Morris doesn't even take the <laughs> you think shot. He passes it on that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He need that was the thing is he needed to be more selfish last year. We'd be like, sure that <laughs> I can't even one on one with God. the keeper and he 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 passes it back to Leo foot away. <laughs> <laughs> or he dummies it. Just falling down. Yeah. Um, no, sorry. Sorry, sorry, Jordan. It was a historic night for you. <laughs> but yeah. But I mean let's go no, back to like, that real quick. I think uh it makes sense, and I don't. I hadn't thought about this before, but it makes sense that Christian would have been at right back because who else do we mm-hmm. have that can play right back? We don't have a second right back. Well, we were saying double air. He's played there. That's true. But in terms of a more experienced, he's the most experienced of the really only two options we have. And double air has not been playing, although he has played it. He has been playing at right mid for uh, Tacoma Defiance. So that's okay. not an area that they've been focusing on. I think... Um, uh, I heard one of the the team executives saying that, you know, they they want him to have a little more space to be able to run with the ball and see how he can develop as a player that way. So uh, it's, I don't, I don't remember if that was Garth or if that was uh, 
uh, post Garth. But um, it's interesting to see uh, he was at he was he played at Tacoma Defiance game the what the next day whenever it was uh, he was starting for them. So did so did Sota though, and he even got in in that game, which we can get to later. Having another homegrown debut is kind of cool. Didn't get any credit on MLS Twitter, by the way. That's too bad. They mentioned they mentioned uh, all the young kids stepping up while the veterans are away or the internationals are away, and like listed all the. So was Rui players. Diaz gone? Or is he was hurt. He was in. Well, I think he was playing in Spain. Wherever. Oh, I figured he was, he was just hurt and he wasn't playing. I didn't think. I didn't realize no, that's how it checked Instagram. out. I was. I think he's an Instagrammer only, but he did an yeah. Instagram with like the. American flag. Do we know if he's okay? Spain flag. Good enough to travel. No, I mean, oh, maybe. Did you not see this where the, the police attacked Ooh. the Peruvian team? What? Yeah, there was, uh, they, the Peruvian fans were watching a bunch of like Spanish fans dancing and singing and stuff. And one of the cops came up and shoved one of the Peruvian players. And then a skirmish broke out. And uh, the cops were like hitting the players with, and the players were like shoving them back, and it was it was crazy. Like, where this in the stadium? No, outside the stadium. What? So the players basically there's a big the brawl. I mean, it was when they were arriving uh, or something. I think into the country. So there was a big brawl between the Spanish police and and the Peruvian national team. Uh, flabbergasted. Um, I was like, yeah, he was okay to travel. <laughs> no, he was attacked. Oh crap! Yeah, uh, so the Peru, no, no Peruvian idea. captain Pedro Galese, i don't know how to pronounce his last name, unfortunately, because they don't speak Spanish—was detained by the Spanish police. Um, and then I'm not sure if he's also the keeper because their keeper was detained as well. Um, yeah, he was their goalkeeper, so uh, he was released without charge after being detained. Said the Peruvian uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Uh, so it was. Uh, at the Peru's national team hotel. Uh, so just before 10 p.m. local time, the Peruvian team was greeting hundreds of fans that had gathered outside the hotel to show support ahead of the team's friendly against Morocco on Tuesday. And then the police started shoving them and, and started an altercation with it. Uh, and then, of course, because they're shoving the players shoved back, a police officer got punched in the eye, um, said the police, without evidence. There's no video evidence of that. But you do see a lot of shoving and stuff like that. So... Um, it's, uh, it's an interesting event. It seems like, uh, the police were a little overzealous from everything I saw, but it's worth going and finding those videos. I'm just glad that, uh, you know, Raul didn't like tear his hamstring in the process. Jesus. I've, I'm sure because it's an international game and it's over hundred years old, but I've, I just never, I haven't heard of that, that specific type of scenario yeah i don't think you have to meet your fans and then the police just start going beating you yeah it's uh, in a western country you know and i think from the team's perspective they're sitting there watching and then one of the police officers comes up and shoves one of the players and tells them to move and then like that's when everything blows up right he didn't need to do that he could have come and talked to him or maybe he had who knows either way like what are you doing like, like yeah well anyway we're we're, we're scuttlebutting yeah but, but i mean i think relevant. that was it, it was relevant so raul was gone i kind of think that we should ooh another beer we should be having a um 
two forwards at this point. But then also, then how do you get Leo on the field as well? I think you got to play mm-hmm. Jordan and Raul up top. Who do you sacrifice? I I go back to what I've always said. It's got to be Ladero. Even though he is, I think, leading the MLS or right up there on the most like dangerous attacking passes. Oh, that's an interesting fact for the stat. But he is he's uh, a league leader in a in a category, either key passes or that's that's a fascinating completed passes in the uh, offensive in the attacking third, something like that. So that would be kind of tough right now. Um, Granted. This is, we've said it before, we know it's a long season, even longer this year. And we don't have the roster depth that other teams and other leagues have. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So we're going to have to see a rotation of some sort, or at least that is a reasonable excuse from Schmetzer. Um, sure. To Not right now. Rotate. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're a bear, right? He started off hot and then had a hammy. Mm-hmm. Um, Ludero is so fifth. He has good problem. He is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh in key passes in the league. He has 12 uh, league leaders, Espinosa and San Jose, with 16. Okay. So, and that, and I remember seeing that before this game. So, yeah. and the team played really well in this game. So, if we can, if, if he dropped off his average in this game, where I think is right up there, if not better than. RSL match was that our second one? Mm-hmm. Colorado was our first, yeah, right. And I thought our uh, RSL, even though we only scored two versus the four previous, um, was our probably best overall performance until this one because it was only like ten minutes of it was we gave up the goal and it was probably five minutes of body not body punches per se but just figuring them out, kind of the, the that boxer analogy where you just kind of like you take hits just to kind of figure out timing and, and move around protect yourself but then we just turned it on and we were all of it Atencio played fantastic so like so what was the starting 11 it was new who right mm-hmm. no he was in no, he's gone he went to cameroon yeah um uh, not two but with cameroon uh, wherever he went so who's on the left let's we should go through that real quick kellen Rowe, i presume I actually didn't pay attention to that because the the left was not really involved based on the way it was going. <laughs> right, I completely forget. You know, uh, uh, so I'll start on the other side. It was <laughs> on the right side. It was Christian ruled on because his brother was with uh, El Salvador. Yeah. And then we had Yamar, who I don't know why he doesn't play for Colombia, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, Colombia is super He's, deep, I'm, right? Colombia is super deep. So. Well, so are his thighs. <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyway, so then, then we had Reagan, who yep. was subbed off with injury, and that was kind of a question that Nick and I were talking about in that second half of last episode. Thankfully, he, he came he back. Great. Yeah. And yeah. then Kellen so Rowe. left back was Kellen Rowe. Sorry, Kellen. Well, <laughs> but Atencio played phenomenally, and he's he's grown up. He He's a man. Um, it just It's just crazy seeing this many of our youth getting as many minutes as they have in the last couple seasons when really you could just really harken back to Yedlin, right? To be mm-hmm. a, a quality starter that some of these young men are turning out to potentially be in Atencio. And he's, and he's tall. He's what, 6'2"? Yeah, it's interesting to go... It, it, it doesn't seem like there is an order 
to who gets to play that position, right? Because we had Intensio. Right. Well, first we had Leva, then he was hurt. So Intensio stepped up and basically took the job. But then he was hurt and we had Obed step up and Obed. take the job. And then he's been out. So they've been playing Intensio again. And uh, he's kind of locked it down when he's the only one there. Uh, what's interesting is we subbed in both Sota and uh, Kitahara and Ethan Dobelair. Uh, mm-hmm. and um, Leva Danny Danny Leva. So, like, oh. they you had you had to put one of them at left back, right? So it, it uh, we saw double air, uh, presumably coming at right back, and and then uh, it's just it's such a different game because we don't have that depth at the outside uh, back position that we do at center defensive mid yeah, we're log jam yeah where we we arguably have one i mean Jao paulo is a starter christian Roldan is a starter there atencio is a starter there rusnak can start there uh danny okay. leva uh is a 1a 1b 1b starter there uh sota is technically a defensive midfielder like how do we have so much depth at that position and none at, at the wingbacks or just fullback in general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not even just wingback, but yeah. Um, I don't know, but it's working right now. Yeah. But we definitely need – and, and that'd be interesting And later in later episodes to talk about what could be available in the summer when we get closer to the end of the European season and stuff. Right. That's generally when we might see stuff and there might be contracts that are reworked. Who knows? I don't really get MLS too much uh, in terms of I, I just get scared whenever I look at how <laughs> the books work. We could get a DP it's paid so down to a TAM level player, either someone we That's have about is all I know. or we could do a bring in a DP level player and pay him down. But that means we're bringing in a low level DP, obviously. Yeah, and I, and I, I would want it to be, you know, if we're going to get messy. Nico, you're going to have to be paid down. But uh, anyway, so then JP was in the mid, and then we had Rusnak. uh, Rusnak. We got to say it that way and throw away our James Willard pronunciation clip. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was on the right, Jordan up top, and Leo Chu on the left, right? We already talked about that. Um, That's a solid lineup, though, considering who we had missing. I mean, when you just holistically look at that lineup, that's a Pretty damn good lineup. Atencio is at least average MLS midfielder at his age, and I think he's above average. It's just been consistency and, and, and well, not the availability has been his issue, along with like you were saying, most of our Obed, Leva, and him have just been like a rotate a carousel of not fit to play. Mm-hmm. But we've always seen one of them play. So I mean, other than that, then you go. Okay, maybe before the match, we say Leo Chu might not be right up there, but clearly he's just been uncorked. Uh, I think Kellen Rowe is probably like your next player who isn't at, he might be average now and maybe sub. We just haven't seen a lot of him this season, and he played a lot last year, and he had a lot of mistakes. And I think he meant average last year. And that, and that, I mean, that's just his, where he's at in his career. He's, he was a phenomenal player when he was younger, obviously. I'm not trying to dog on the local kid. But um, other than that, our lineup is pretty damn good. And, and we needed to win that match just regardless of being in KC because of that lineup. 
right. what they were putting on the table, right? Yeah, I thought we were done when I saw everyone that was gone. Uh, because, like I said to you, I, I assumed that we were starting Freddie again at the top. And I was like, there's just no way. There's no way we can compete. And the thing is, when these games, when we score this much, I don't know if we need the best defense for scoring four, four goals. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is we've only scored 10 goals on the season. So it's not like we're the top scoring team in the league. That's St. Louis with 15. Mm-hmm. So we're a high scoring, high still, playing team. I mean, that's still two goals a match. Right. Which uh, that's that that's a winning. That's what happened once we brought in Rui Diaz. I mean, that's the difference between having Rui Diaz and not having Rui Diaz when he first was playing. Yeah. And, and we've only given up two goals. Right. So. Yeah, we might not be scoring fifteen, but that, I mean that's that's not sustainable. And if it is, then Jesus, take the wheel. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, we, but, uh, we we're second in the league with ten goals inside the eighteen, which is also interesting because uh, I feel like we that's all ten of our goals are like headers right on the line, right? <laughs> or mm-hmm. except for the the one Jordan Morris well, goal and the one um, uh, rolled on goal. I forgot rolled on scored. Yeah, and the, was that the first game? Whenever it yeah. was. So besides that might those, be the deepest goal we've scored, <laughs> and that was like three feet off the line. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh But it might be. It might be. Yeah, we're we're, we're scoring like right up against the uh, goal, which is great. I mean, that is that's dominating, right? If you can get in that close to the keeper and that deep in the box, and score at this clip, then having to get home runs essentially, right? Anything outside is that's a spectacular goal, but generally it's, you're not, you're not getting in there. And if you can get with crosses, obviously are a little bit different, but I mean, um, low crosses that, that, by the way, that was it the second goal Leo Chu had where he like triple deked a guy, three guys on him mm-hmm. and then outside his left foot and just dropped it off to Morris who, Great job getting back on side. I think he was a little off and kind of and wheeled, kind of wheeled himself. Yeah, I, I that's typically not a play he does. Usually he stays in an offside position, and then we just get called for offside. So I was I was very impressed by that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, like the whole, but the confidence that Leo Chu. Like, let's talk about him. Yeah, is that I, I want to talk about him more than Morris and and Morris first hat trick since Dempsey the year that. Jordan Morris was drafted in 2016. Regular season, though, and thanks yeah, to Jackson on Sounders FC Weekly for clarifying that, or it was the postgame show. Yeah, Either way. And, and Schmetzer, um, but Schmetzer he did get he it. did get a and he did get a hat trick in, in the playoffs in 2019. That was clarified when I was Yeah, Schmetzer talked about it post game in the locker room. Yeah. So all props and the first one, first one to four. That's great. Um, but you don't get any of them without Leo Chu and considering what he's had to go through just personally and professionally and then on the field um, to get to this point and the distractions that he could have with having a kid on the way, I think it's still on the way. Um, he looks like he just looks, he looks older and more yeah. like he's a larger presence than he was when he came here. When he came over, he was 22, but you can tell in the, he was 20, he was younger than that. Oh, is he 22 now? <laughs> I think he must be twenty because he was youth DP. Yeah, you got to be under twenty one for that. Do you? And then we've I had, it had for, to be in this is his third season. Yeah, he's twenty two now. So, 
Um, so yeah, he came in at 20. 20 or 19. Yeah, so he um, he didn't look like he does now. Now he's, he's, he's like, filled out a little bit. I just feel like you, you can see that he's just a stronger uh, athlete. Mm-hmm. Still got crushed by sweat, though, which was a bullshit move, and I'm glad that it was an immediate second yellow, and that guy got off, but... Right, and it was uh, it was a clear yeah, no, he, yellow card. Any anyone gets well, maybe not Ramon Torres, but any anyone hits the deck when you're blindsided like that. But yeah, no, he looks like a man now, and he he. I think a lot of it too is just how he's carrying himself. Hmm. He knows that he can beat that guy on the dribble. He knows that he can make that pass. Where before I felt. And, before, I mean, just really last season, you've seen him be more patient but uh, aggressive in his minutes this season. But last year was like trying to fit a whole 90 minutes in the 15 minutes he was playing. And that's where he looked a little loose. Right. You know, like, come on, just, just if you just kind of lifted your head up for a second and then made a move versus just head down, you'll probably have a more advantageous opportunity. Um, but this year it's with, because he showed his defense last year too. Second half of last year, he showed that he was making an effort to to run back. Whether it was really, you know, efficient or not, I don't I don't really remember. But I remember the effort was there, and that was being called up by Schmetzer. And now it's that's just what he's doing. And then when he has the ball, I can't really recall. I actually, I can't recall a poor touch from him in this match. Yeah, I'm sure there was one, but because all players have a poor touch or two, like I had at least one in public this last weekend. Just just one I can remember. Nick's probably laughing. Um, but yeah, he, he just looks so confident. And I think the way he's carrying himself with being, you know, I'm sure another offseason of working out and being focused and wanting to be potentially the best player on this team, if not the league, any, any, any player should want to be that. It's it's showing up, and I'm oh so proud as a Leo Chu Papa. <laughs> and it's a it's a U twenty two DP spot, so um, this will be Leo's last year in that spot. We'll play like this, and he's a DP. Absolutely. <laughs> who right. do you, yeah? Who do you get rid of? Oh joy. <laughs> uh, the only by the end of the season. Oh, you can be by the through. End of the he might have one year left. So the payment is: if you're 20 and younger, it's 150 thousand uh, dollars. If you're 23, you get. Or if you're 21 to 23, you get paid 200 thousand dollars in the roster. So I think we can get one more year with him as a youth DP. Uh, but we can we can also pay him down and sign another youth DP as well. Oh, that's an interesting thought because that's a that's a deep South American well. Yeah, at least at least at, at least know. as as I'm reading the roster rules as of 2022, uh, I'm I'm currently on the rules page, which there's insane rules, right? It's it's uh, the spot you you get put in a specific slot on the team, and where you are in that slot determines how much you get paid. Unless you're a DP player, obviously. But the DP players are in different slots. Like, homegrowns have to be slots 21 through 30. But slots 21 and 30 must be filled with homegrowns earning the reserve minimum salary of 65500 or earning more than the reserve minimum salary subject to the homegrown player's subsidy. 
but all players in roster slots 29 to 30 must be paid a bank salary, which is at least the reserve minimum salary. So, and then, then there's slots 25 oh, to 28, slots 21 to 24. It's crazy. They have I don't, that's why I don't, that's why I don't read that stuff. There's such, like, yeah. oh, sounders. Yeah, there's a lot of rules there. And Garth, and now Craig, I trust. Yeah. Because no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, um, I would love, obviously, well, now I just want him, I mean, that'd be hard. How much control you have over a player? Obviously, they can just be like, "I don't want to play." But if for like next season, if he like breaks out and has a fifteen assists, five to ten goal season, can I mean two hundred thousand dollars is what you said for a twenty three year old youth DP? Well, he had. Let's see. He knows he would be able to to get paid. So he with came, a couple commas. He came over with for the performance like that. Look at Miguel. He came over at twenty one, in twenty one at twenty one, uh, and had a three point five year guaranteed contract with an additional option that keeps him under control through, uh, I believe, the the other half of that year. So twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, twenty four. So we definitely have him under control at least one more year. Uh, nope. Uh, an additional option that keeps him under control through the, his age 25 season. So two more years through 2025. Oh so I want him to make more money. So we can maybe, have him for three more years. Right by him after next season or this season. Yeah. So it, that's just, we spent, that's just me thinking of the person. <laughs> yeah. We spent two, five point five million to bring him over and then have just been uh, not using him. But now I feel like he's proven that he's worth that. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, so it's one game, right? So, what do you what, what's your take on on that performance for the rest of the season? He needs to be that, he needs to that... be starting at left mid, left wing every game. I I totally agree, and that's not just me being a homer for him. I mean, this is my my Sounders team. I want them I want them to perform. Um, with the best 11 that they could possibly get. However, that's put in. He's clearly, I think, showed throughout up to this game that he deserves to get a start. And I don't know what better way other than being a striker and scoring goals. His position is primarily to, yes, get the advantageous goals, but to feed. Mm -hmm. Attack and feed. And he did that to an A-plus level. First player that's ever had four assists, right? Yeah. Yep. First Sounders player ever to have four assists. So, yeah, that's a tough problem to have, Schmetzer, but figure the other positions out. And you know what? I love you, Raul. But right now, like, you you come back, if Bear's healthy, that's who they are competing for that position against Jordan Morris. I, I think you... We have to just go, okay, our defense needs to step it up, our back four, and then take one of those DPs and run with two forwards. If you're going to put Jordan Morris up at the top instead of on the wing, you've got to have Jordan Morris and Rui Diaz or Raul. Leo Chu up there. I mean, uh, sorry, Raul. <laughs> Raul or Bear. You mean Jordan, Raul, or Bear? Correct. What well, Two of those three need to be starting. Uh, and then... So left is Leo and right would be Christian. Yeah. Okay. Because you like... Russ, 
Rue snack in the middle. It, remember, remember when we okay this time last year, it was like the first five episodes of the season. You were like, you said it again. You said Rue snack. Mm-hmm. Not that I knew that that was correct. We believed it to be Rusnak. Well, he and said it was Rusnak. It's, it's, it, I know, I know, I totally agree. With you. I'm just saying, like, yeah. it was funny that it, it, it I had to work that out of me, and then to have that pulled. Right, right. right. Well, anyway. um, so we won four and a one. We need to talk about the next game, though, before this ends, because we, we're we're running up on an hour here, and we haven't even gotten to the fact that we are. I'm used to my commute where I need an hour and a half of podcast. <laughs> so you're right. We let's, are playing a team that has yet to win a game, a team that is currently vying for the wooden spoon, a.k.a. the worst team in the league, just like there's the supporter shield for the best team in the league. They are tied with Sporting Kansas City and Colorado for the worst team in the league. Uh, Oh, they're one point ahead. Excuse me. They have three draws and one loss, but they're winless, just like Sporting and and Colorado. So the uh, 12th place LA Galaxy. This is nothing new, though, right? They start out. They. It seems like they've started out slow most of the Sounders' existence, and then somehow either find a way to make the playoffs, or the MLS changed the rules so that LA can make the playoffs. Like when we <laughs> went from uh, goal differential to total goals scored being yeah. how you determine who advances. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't consider LA Galaxy to be the likes of what we know of KC after just seeing them. And what we've discovered from Colorado. I think Colorado was uh, being the first team that we were playing all season. Um, we didn't really know what to expect. And they've, they've, they've been a pretty good team. I think they were great last year, right? So um, LA Galaxy, though, I wouldn't look at their record in the beginning of the first third of the season and say they're a terrible team. Um, right. Chicharito hasn't been playing, right? I think he's been out, injured. I mean, I'm I'm pretty I'm, I'm almost positive that I don't know about the injury. I mean, it has to be, um, but I don't think he's been playing. You can look at that if you want, but I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, that's why you listen to Scuttlebutt. <laughs> but I'm like I'm like ninety percent, so I'm going to go with it. And he played really really well uh, last year. He 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 got into his MLS yeah. groove. I mean, he definitely and, was and, not and, in the lineup totally... against Portland. When there's okay, so I feel better about continuing. And he wasn't he wasn't on the bench either. <laughs> yeah. So with that in mind, uh, he will come back. They will write their ship. I don't think they're going to be good enough to win a playoff series. It's still early in the in this season, but there's a lot of games to be played, a lot of opportunity to better your team. That's not a market or a fan base or a organization that wants to miss the playoffs, so they will do something. Um, whether it's the right move or not, it, that's always been the issue with LA um, Zlatan. But they will—they'll get better. Um, what we're, I'm more concerned about the result in this match than MKC. Hmm. In KC, I thought we were going to win. I'm always usually a, an optimist, um, but if they were to score early, even though they did, I would be concerned, which I was until the resolute. Sounders came back and whooped their ass. So I'm confident that we'll get a win in this one. And we should get a win in this one. I think it'll be more of an even match, though. It's my very long-winded. 
I think answer. it'll be interesting to see who starts a goalie for them because they had had Bond as their starting goalie for three games and then brought in uh, Julian, uh, excuse me, Jonathan Klinsman, who was starting in goal uh, in uh, against is that Portland. Son? That is, yeah, uh, who has been part of LA Galaxy since 2020. So it's um, he went to Cal and then played in uh, Germany and in Scotland before signing with LA Galaxy. Hmm. I liked Jurgen. Yeah, I think I think Jurgen. You don't have to get into that. Uh, yeah, here's what I'll say about Jurgen. I didn't like his in-game tactics, but I think he was an amazing uh, tactician and like outside, like where to start players and then bringing players in. He was amazing. He should have been the general manager of the USA rather than the coach. Oh. You know more than I do. I just liked. Him. <laughs> anyway, okay. Yeah, I so. mean, that's a an interesting. Uh, thought. I mean, obviously, I am in. F- I want to say we're going to win. I did. I did actually pick Kansas City uh, us to win. Uh, I don't know if that actually made it to the broadcast. Since uh, I, I don't remember if it did either. But you, you were emphatic because you hate Peter Vermees. Yeah, and I think that's. I think we were ending this the first half of the the podcast, and you were saying something like that, and then we lost you. Yeah. So. Uh, I think I'm going to stick with that. I think it's going to be a little bit of a closer game. I don't think we're going to be able to run over them the same way that uh, maybe in the past we we've run over some other teams. I I I do, uh, you know, they're draw. They've three out of four games. They've they've had a draw, but I'm going to pick Sounders two to one. I like that. I think it's two to one as well. They they, they L A Galaxy is a good team. Um, I could easily see them tying us. Um, you know, it, 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 it's interesting because the game itself uh, is at LA uh, mm-hmm. Galaxy on the first. So yeah. um, it's it'll be a, a an away game for us. I don't know if Carson is a tough environment to play in, though, to be honest. No, it seems more... Yeah, it's I, I I've never been there, so I, I, that's why I hesitated a little bit to say that it's not. It just hasn't. It doesn't seem like the stadium was built to be to make it feel like a fortress. Yeah, it's it's you know it's like part, the bank yeah. that they have that LAFC has. That's right on top of you. Um, a lot of those. It was just built as a stadium, stadium when they built it. It wasn't built exactly. as a. I mean, even though it is soccer specific, well. It, it wasn't for a little bit when the uh, Chargers played there, which, man, that would have been amazing <laughs> to see a Chargers game there. Uh, such a little stadium, but... Uh, well, they just still didn't fill it out. Yeah. Well, they filled it up with away fans, <laughs> but uh, that's because Chargers fans weren't driving up from San Diego. They're done with them. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it'll be, it'll, it'll, it's always a tough place for us to play. You know, traditionally in the playoffs, we'd win up here and lose down there. Um, that, uh, you know, obviously we're both very, very different teams from then. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think we can pull off a win down there and then come home, hopefully to a big victory against St. Louis on the eighth. I don't think we normally, uh, quite as evenly or as equally. Wow. My words. We don't normally come up with predictions as as equal as to that. 
uh, when when you say yours, it's I think sometimes you're trying to put voodoo magic <laughs> to your pessimism. I don't. You're not that. Pe- I talk to you off mic all the time, right? Pre-match, you were definitely not a pessimist. You're a realist, but also I think you try to put some voodoo on it. Whereas I always think it's going to be for nothing. <laughs> and I try to be real and I try to call, catch myself. I mean, honestly, if the team that showed up against Kansas City and uh, against Colorado shows up, it could easily be for nothing. I just, I'd think that LA is not going to allow that to happen, right? It's not just the Sounders being that good, it's also yeah. the opposing team uh, fumbling the bag. And LA has some good young players. So, it, it, uh, yeah, I, I just, I can't see us scoring that many, but I wouldn't have said that we could score four against Kansas city as poor as they've been playing leading up to that game. A lot of their losses have come on, you know, things bouncing the wrong way for them. They're not as bad as their record. Uh, just like maybe we or St. Louis is probably not as good as what we've shown this far. Maybe, maybe we are, uh, we just don't have the sample size, right? We, we have to assume that everyone will come back to the mean eventually. And, and we will be in the, the top quarter of the table and, and a, a, a team like LA galaxy or Kansas city will, will as well. But you know, Kansas city last year was terrible, but they were missing two DPs and I think one or two other starters. So you never know. You never know. And something has to be said about the lineup. Obviously, we could probably talk for 15 hours about that. But um, I think as long as Leo chews on the field, I think we get a win. And if he doesn't, I should say start. If Leo Chu starts, I don't really, I trust Schmetzer and the coaching staff enough and the team enough. They've they've just been so on, on it. They've been on the same page. It, the, the connections have been just fluid. And they'll figure it out. Um, I hope so. My my concern is, and this is why losing, and I've said this before in the podcast, losing uh, Pineda to Atlanta was so painful, was he could kind of pull back Schmetzer a little bit. Schmetzer likes to play his guys rather than the hot hand. And I think we saw, along with a, a uh, injury for Nico, which is really what probably did us in, why we got blown out by uh, Columbus in the MLS Cup final, was because we we sat the players that got us there f- instead putting in players that 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 were Schmetzer's guys. And so that's what I'm worried about here. I think Leo Chu belongs in the field. If you've got to take out somebody or re- rechange the uh you know the the formation then do it. Like make it happen because uh you can't not put someone showing that much talent on the field. Now, will he live up to the pressure and the hype of now having to be in that position? Uh, if if they have the same formation and he is uh, starting over someone who thinks they should be starting in the locker room starts to get, you know, what, what happens in that locker room? It's all good while we're winning. If we start losing, that's, that's when it becomes an issue. So we'll see if he lives up to the hype. I think he can. And I think he should be starting at left, left mid slash wing. Agreed. So we'll start getting to the wrap up portion here. I have a request to all our listeners homework y'all have homework one is get on the discord Mm. it's in the show description if you're driving right now wait till you get to work or you get home pull over pull over maybe you're on the side of the freeway pull over right pull over on the side of the freeway put on your hazard lights sign up and get back on your way 
just it's a few like if you think about it it doesn't take any effort just a few little thumb flicks i'm doing it right now mm. oh there's the link and you click on it and then we say hello to you yeah and the reason you should be in our discord is and thanks to nikita banana and we've done this from time to time just throwing it out there um we want to maybe ask some questions get our our listeners involved and if you're in our discord we're going to let you know when we're going to record and take some questions for you so in, in an effort to move in that direction and in, in future episodes, we do have one of our Discord members with a question. I also a, I'm going to ask you question. this and I'll follow it up. I have a question from another Discord member as well. So maybe it's the same. Maybe it's different. We'll find out. Is it Raza Jose? No, I meant the same question. Oh, okay. Raza Jose, you're famous now. You are on Scuttlebutt. Could Jordan Morris be a 2023 MLS Golden Boot winner. Cameron? Yeah, why not? I mean, he, he leads the league in goals. If he continues scoring at this rate, which obviously won't happen, but if he stays healthy and we keep having... The... At this rate, he will be a, a goals record holder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, I think I think he is, he is shown that he's a different player this year. And... Uh, yeah, I, I, this might be Jordan Morris's breakout year. This might be the year that we finally get the Jordan Which Morris. Is weird to say, isn't it? Yeah, because he's been great for us. I agree with He's you. been a star for us, but this is the year where he becomes the superstar that we were expecting when he was signed at 21 or whatever. I am going to second that. I, I, you didn't say yes. You, yes. we presume you said yes, yeah. right? Um, I, I second that, especially when we see that through four matches, he had three goals. None of them were assisted by Leo Chu hmm. in the one game with Leo Chu. He gets four. He equals his 2022 goal scoring, <laughs> uh, stat, what have you. And I mentioned Leo Chu again even though it's about Jordan Morris, because I think that style of player in the wing with Jordan Jordan Morris's forward style, his center forward style, which is running, running he can at, body up anybody. Yeah, and he can run at the line. Well, yeah, that is his main thing, but he can also body anybody. Yeah. That is incredibly difficult to defend if you're a center back. To, to have to body somebody up and... Because you need to get close to a guy if if you know you got to muscle him, right? But if you know he's going to run right by you at any minute, any direction, you got to give him space. So where do you you have to figure out when you were coming up close and when you're going to give space to react, give yourself time to react. And when you have someone on the left wing who can make people look like fools and whip something in from thirty yards out, or triple deke three guys. <laughs> And also feed it to the same player who's spinning off your shoulder. I mean, the answer is an absolute yes. I think he might be a a record holder if we see this this kind of cohesiveness between them. Because look at the other players in the field that can feed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rusneck should have Rusneck uh, should have had a goal in this game. He had a I, I say a sitter. It was like eighteen yards out, but that his quality. 
Yeah, I mean, that should, have he been, can assist. That should have been in, in either corner and or at least saved. And he skied. Well, he didn't sky. It was a few yards over. We've seen him he get around target. assist tons of goals, though. We've seen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Nico obviously. Christian. Nico led the team in assists last year. Uh, Christian can get assists. Usually, his assists are on um, when he passes it back to the second person running. Mm-hmm. Often, he's that second person, but still. And then, of course, both backs can get assists. So, uh, if Jordan's playing more up front, then then yeah, absolutely, he can set that record. And and um, you know, it'd be nice to see Leo set an assist record, but. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves on him yet. It's been one game, but that leads directly to the question we got from friend of the show, Discord member Dan Boniface, who says, why has it taken this long to start Jordan Morris up top? Uh, I'll start this one. Uh, Designated player Raul Ruiz Diaz. That's why. And I think it lends to your Schmitzer likes to start his guys. I think you have a DP that can only play center forward. And he's shown that he can play striker with another striker, but he's that's that's my problem. Center forward. Why don't we play him with another striker? I think that's what we should be doing a and, lot. And and that's likely probably you know, we're probably gonna start seeing that. It was not a consideration and I and I and I really would never considered it because of the I wouldn't say stubbornness because we've seen variations of of Schmetzer's lineup, but it's always been in the back. Yeah, back to midfield. He believes Never in, in building front. up, even back spot. to Ziggy. Yeah, we have been a center forward team for as long as I can remember. So that's why it's just I don't think it's even been a consideration. That's just not we don't work. I mean, we Schmetzer were says two, they, we got figured out, but we were playing with two fours for a while a couple of years ago. And we were dominating with it. That's true. O- Oba and Dempsey. I get. Oba and Dempsey, I, but I, I just mean, that, I, I mean, like two years ago, we were doing that with uh, who, who was playing up top. We had two players playing at the top when we had that huge run a couple of years ago. And then we got figured out and had to change back to a different formation. I don't, I don't recall. All I can think of is Oba up, up top and Dempsey playing false nine. Yeah, but, but then I always thought of Dempsey is more of a midfielder, is and that's why I guess I said what I said. But I can't recall what you're talking about. Yeah, no, who, who would have been it was Raul and who? Raul and we were playing Will Bruin or someone else up there with him. Oh, uh, I guess I've seen that. I get. I never considered that to be a best eleven. That's what we would roll out. I thought that would be more like situational. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> we know. we saw success with it, and I just I I. I might be talking out of my head. It frustrates me that we haven't tried. I mean, move. I, I get why we have two center defensive mids, but just take one out, one of those, and move up and put in a second forward instead. Yeah, and just see what happens. It's early enough, and we have the points enough in our in our pocket to to be able to figure out exactly what we want to do. And I think that's something you can communicate to the locker room. It's a long season. We're playing. Everyone's playing well. Let's get you all out on the field. Let's rotate. Let's compete. Let's do this. Let's win games. And 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 this is what I'm going to do this week. And, and there will be a lot of situational reasons for them, other than to, for those decisions, other than just hey, let's do a rotation based on performance, and not just for the shits and gigs. But there's going to be people that get injured. There's going to be international call-ups. There's going to be leagues cup. That's it's leagues cup, right? Not you were saying nations. Yeah, I always get them confused. Uh, I was saying nations league. So. <laughs> so I think we're going to see a lot of uh, value, uh, 
valid reasons to have different lineups instead of a, a consistent 11 where it won't really be a what does what a hard decision what decision Schmetzer has to make I think there's going to be clearly this is what we got to go with but I think you do have to stick with a lot of your your best players that are performing and they need to start and that's Leo Chu Jordan Morris needs to be up top your JP needs to be in the back Rusnak needs Rusnak I'm, I'm, I'm catching myself. He just needs to be, needs he to needs be, to be on the field, honestly. At this point, he just needs to be on the field. field. He, just, yeah, exactly. And defense is always going to be pretty much the same. Um, yes, Raze Jose, he will be a golden boot winner in 2023. Uh, but it matters who feeds him. That's that's my opinion. I'm with you. I'm with you. So, where can they find you on the interwebs, uh, there, Aaron? Sticking with Twitter, even though Twitter seems to be crumbling, but we're all still talking there. Um, People say that. I don't see any difference other than, um, you know, their code was leaked. And so now we might get an alternative to it. But, uh, yeah, it seems seems whatever, the same. Yeah, as long as it works, I guess. But that's where you'll find me, at A-A-R-O-N-L-I-N-G-L-E-Y, Aaron Lingley. What about you? Uh, you can find me at Legal Minded Punk on both uh, Twitter and Instagram, and you can also check out uh, on Instagram Unincarcerated, which is one of my film companies, and you can uh, check out, of course, at Grendel FC for uh, Grendel FC, <laughs> Gorilla FC. <laughs> Grendel is my uh, DJ name and my film company name, so that's why I get confused. But uh, world premiere, yeah. Uh, no, I'm not that kind of DJ. I'm a radio DJ, uh, and I used to DJ uh, bars, but not not you know out there spinning the one and twos, as it were. I, I did play records. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's. What, let's, what Twitter handle are you trying? to Yeah. Say? Anyway, let's let's let's. You, you, yeah, you can you can check out Gorilla FC at, at Gorilla FC, and um, we should have our new scarf coming out soon. I've been waiting for the design. In fact, I'm gonna email it right now. And while you do that, we're going to pull into port and have James take it away. You can follow the Sounders Scuttlebutt podcast on Twitter at SSFC Scuttlebutt. And for all inquiries, including questions for the gents or sponsorship opportunities, please email contact at scuttlebuttproductions.com. Be sure to subscribe to the show for new episodes following every Sounders FC match. And don't forget to share your feedback by rating and reviewing. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BritVoxus. That's BritVoxUS. We'll see you at Lumen and go Sounders. Alexa, who's the best MLS team of all time? The Seattle Sounders are both unequivocally and the best MLS team of all time.